Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another edition of the Giants Beat Podcast. Alongside Alex Evans, I am your host, Scott Thompson, and it's an early preview this week, given it is Wednesday, but the Giants hit the road for Philadelphia tomorrow night for some primetime action against the Eagles. This game is a crucial one for the G-Men, as a win will secure them a playoff berth and keep their slim chances alive for that NFC East title. The Eagles, on the other hand, they look to play spoiler as they are last in the, in the division at 5-9. and nine. Now, in our 30-minute segment, as always, we will take a look at the big storylines heading into the matchup, what head-to-head battles Alex and I are looking forward to, and what we think will happen tomorrow night. So let's jump right into it, and let's start with one of the biggest headlines in Janoris Jenkins. Jack Rabbit was knee hard in the back Sunday against the Lions as him and cornerback Trevin Wade went after a pass to Lions tight end Eric Ebron. Now, Jenkins seemed pretty shaken up after the plays you saw. took him a little while to get off. He did jog off the field, though, on his own power, but he did not return to the game in the second half. So, Alex, bring you in now. What is Jenkins' status for tomorrow, and what would it mean to this defense for him to be out? Well, as far as I know, Jenkins, he's st- his status is still to be determined at this point. But apparently he's pretty optimistic that he'll be able to play. And uh, he's been limited in practice, but the fact that he's been able to practice at all is a pretty good sign. And, you know, if he's out, it'll be a pretty big blow to the secondary since he's, you know, that lockdown corner who can shut down any team's best receiver. But I don't know if it'll hurt them too much this week since the Eagles have arguably the worst receiving core in the NFL. So, I mean, if there was ever a game that Jenkins could afford to miss, I think it would be this Thursday night. Now, if he is to play, do you think that that short rest will, will hurt his overall play, considering he, he was really shaken up? And this is the first time we've really seen him on the sideline and had to get the nod to, you know, stay out, sit down, and rest. Do you think that if he plays, we'll see a little bit of a shaken up, Jerome Jenkins? Yeah, yeah, I think I think he could be shaken up. You know, he probably because he's you know he's practiced a little bit all week, and you know if he plays, he's had less than a week to rest up, which is which is a big deal. But at the same time, he's a professional athlete. They you know they they're talented enough. They don't need a ton of practice time. They they really you know they they don't really practice and pass too much over the week. So I think the only thing that could really hurt him is if he's you know too ca- too cautious. He's too worried about his injury. Um, so that's why again I wouldn't even. I would be hesitant to play him if I were the Giant coaching staff, but I think the only thing that would hinder his play is the fact that if he's too concerned about his injury, because that's when bad things start to happen. Absolutely agree with you on that one. You don't want Jenkins, especially your best corner, to be out if you are to make the playoffs and have him not 100%. Let's move on to a guy that is certainly not 100% in Shane Vereen. He is inactive yet again this week as he has had a setback with that tricep injury that had him out nine weeks prior. He saw limited time against the Lions where he was eventually taken out due to the injury. But, Alex, how does Shane Vereen's absence hurt this Giants offense? They just got him back, thought it was going to be a great job, you know, catching on third down as he's notorious for doing. How does this hurt this offense now that he's once again on the IR? Yeah, just just a tough blow, tough season for Vereen. It hurts him a little bit. You know, as you said, he's, he's great on third and long. And, you know, he has the ability to receive passes out of the backfield and, and gain a lot of yards. But, you know, the Giants' offense had been relatively unaffected during his first, you know, the first period of time he missed uh, with injury. So I think his absence, you know, it, it'll hurt a little bit third down plays. But other than that, um, 
I don't think they'll miss him too much. I think um, they've proven over the course of his first injury that um, they could do relatively fine without him. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. And also, you saw Rashad Jennings and Paul Perkins taking passes out of the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that is completely – you know, an issue for the Giants. And like you said, they've kind of been ineffective and mundane all season long, this offense. So, you know, Shane Vereen, get healthy. Hopefully he can come back soon, but we shall see what happens with that. Last big storyline we have here today is Road Blues, as we titled it. And the Giants have been stellar at home all season long, only losing to the Washington Redskins in week three. They are 7-1 at MetLife, but on the road it's a different story. They sit 3-3, three and three, and their last two contests are on the road starting in Philly before heading to the aforementioned Redskins. So, Alex, are you concerned at all about the Giants' record on the road? Um, you know, I'm a little bit con- – it's a little concerning, especially since uh, during their two Super Bowl runs in 2007 and 2011, the Giants had winning records on the road, and they, they weren't so good at home. But um, Philadelphia, it's always a tough place to play regardless of – what each team's record is coming in. And the Eagles are 4-2 at home, so Carson Wentz and those guys tend to show up in front of their home crowd. And that, that you know, worries me a little bit, especially with a team that has nothing to lose. But I think um, I think the Giants, they're just, you know, um, a far superior team, and I don't think it's um, too much of a concern. Um, and that moves on to my, my next question. You know, most of those road games were in the beginning of the season, um, and the defense has certainly been tons better. They've clicked a lot more. Since then, do you think that this game and the next one in Washington will be evident if that change is definitely there? Yeah, yeah, I think it will definitely be evident. I mean, you know, this this team on the road, they're, you know, the, the, I mean, defense the defense has shown they can play, you know, at home and on the road. Obviously, at home, you know, you have your home crowd behind you. So, I guess you could, you could, you would think there's a little bit more of a motivational factor, but especially if they lose to, um, on Thursday night and they have to go to Washington next week to get into the playoffs. I don't think they'll have any problem, you know, getting themselves motivated, and um, I don't think um, it'll be too much of a factor. No, I don't think so at all either. Obviously, like we said, when they played Minnesota, obviously hard to play in Minnesota. I believe that was week four when they went to Minnesota. Um, they went to a brand-new stadium. It was a sold-out crowd that night, Monday night football. And then you go right to Sunday football against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Always hard to play in, but as we said, defense has gotten tons better since then. There's an evident pass rush, as you saw in Green Bay. There was zero pass rush to Aaron Rodgers, who was in the pocket for at least five seconds each time. So we will see if these two road games show that big defensive change and hopefully get them going toward the playoffs. Let's now look up our favorite matchups for this game against the Eagles and I'm going to start with mine. My favorite matchup to watch is going to be these Eagles receivers versus the Giants secondary in round two. Time these two played each other, it was big because the Giants secondary had has drastically improved. You know, Eli Apple doesn't look too much like a rookie anymore, especially saving that one touchdown to Golden Tate on Sunday. That was a big play. Dominic Rogers, Cromarty, with that exception of the blown coverage on Golden Tate before for that big bomb. You know, he's made up for it with the interception at the end of the game. Uh, Norris Jenkins appears to be fine, and he's ready to play, and he might be the best cornerback in the NFC right now. And then you have Landon Collins, who had a pick against once last time around, and he has been running all over the field, making big tackles and having a great all-pro season 
I'm going to be really intrigued to see how this young group of Eagles receivers will do this time when they broke out for big plays. I mean, Carson Wentz threw for 364 yards against the Giants last time. Didn't have any touchdowns as we talk about that redstone efficiency all season long. But I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with this Eagles secondary. I mean, this Giants secondary, excuse me, and this young Eagles receiving core. Alex, what do you think about that matchup? I, I think that's that, that's really one of the, the best matchups of today, of, of Thursday night. I mean, Carson Wentz, we saw him struggle early on um, in early November when these teams first met at MLF Stadium. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially against a vastly improved defense and secondary and defensive line in general, um, to see what he's going to do. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to Carson Wentz in that defensive line. As I said, defense did a great job of putting pressure on Carson in the first the first time these teams met, I think Carson Wentz had two interceptions early on in the game, you know, due to a lot of pressure, and that left a two-quick touchdowns and a 14 nothing lead early in the first quarter. And Carson, he was only sacked twice during the game, but the Giants' defensive line, they really hadn't hit their stride yet, and like they've done now at this point, and even without JPP, I'm interested to see what they do and, you know, what Steve Spagnuolo um, designs in terms of blitzes, especially since the Eagles aligned. They're pretty depleted. They have injuries to, I believe, two guards and at least one tackle. So I think um, it'll be a tough day for Carson Wentz. But I'm interested to see um, how he reacts to it. Yeah, obviously, like you said, they put pressure on him to begin. Steve Spagnuolo putting on a lot of blitzes in the beginning of that game, something we haven't seen in the beginning of the season. I think that was the first game that we really saw Steve Spagnuolo sending the house early to see what the rookie Carson Wentz could do. And then you have Landon Collins getting a sack. You have Olivier Vernon getting a sack, so I believe that might have been one of his first of the season in November, but since then, I'm really intrigued. I like how you put down, you know, Carson Wentz first at defensive line, because that was the first real sign, I think, for that Giants defensive line, that they could be real, as they were putting pressure on Wentz all game long, and especially in the fourth quarter, when it came down to that last play, you know, near the red zone, where he had to just launch the ball up. Four downs is all it took, and that defensive line did a great job Obviously, Jason Pierre-Paul was still there, but since then, that Giants defensive line has been putting on pressure. Steve Spagnuolo has been adding the linebackers in there as pressure as well. So, like that matchup there from you, Alex. Let's move on to the keys of the game for the Giants, and obviously the big key to the game is win and in. One win, and the Giants are guaranteed a wildcard berth at least while also keeping that slim chance of the division title alive, as I said before. So, Alex, what do you think this game means to the team, especially players like, say, Odell Beckham Jr., who haven't been to the playoffs yet in their career? Well, I think, it's, I think it really means everything to these guys. And, you know, clinching the spot against the division rival would be even sweeter. Odell's made it clear in the past that his goal was to make the playoffs. You know, he's fine with the individual stuff, but, you know, this is the ultimate team game, and I think he and the rest of the team – are just really hungry to, you know, to showcase their talents on big stages, which the playoffs provide. And, you know, the goal of any professional athlete is to win a championship and securing a postseason berth on Thursday night would be a great start for these guys. And, you know, it would be well-deserved. And I just think um, for Odell Beckham Jr. especially, it would be exciting. You know, it's his first playoff appearance. And I think he's definitely hungry to prove himself on that stage. Yeah, I think all, all these Giants players really realize what this game means and not only is it a divisional game and you're on the road and you're playing at Lincoln Financial, which is always a tough place to play, you have a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder because you know that, A, one win, you're in the playoffs, and, B, you're facing a division rival who's down, and you want to kick them and say, listen, 
we are the alpha males this year. You know, we want to get get that win on the road. Always good to get a win against the Eagles on the road, obviously. But, Alex, I want to look forward, actually. I want to add one more question to this before we move on to our next key of the game. Say the Giants win tomorrow night. They get that playoff first. Do you see Ben McAdoo and the Giants resting their key players against the Washington Redskins if that game doesn't mean anything? Say, say, say the Cowboys win, you know, Sunday night against the Lions and they clinch that division. Do you see Ben McAdoo maybe just playing Eli Manning for a half and taking them out and the same thing with, say, Sterling Shepard or Odell and guys like that? Yeah, I think that's a reasonable possibility. Um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, they'd be a wild card team if the Cowboys do win um, this weekend, you know, means that they'd be playing the next week. So at the same time, you want to get them rest, but you also want to keep them sharp. You don't want them to, you know, have too much time off. and just, You want to keep them sharp and, you know, keep them, you know, game ready and in game shape. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think McAdoo would consider, if not, you know, rest Eli, Odell, Sterling Shepard, you know, a lot of the starters um, for the, the entire second half against Washington, especially if it doesn't mean anything. Um, Washington can be chippy at times, so you don't want, you know, them costing your team with some valuable injuries. You know, Josh Norman, those guys, they uh, if they have nothing to play for, they might try and uh, ruin um, a rival's chances in the playoffs. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I think you got to, you know, keep your key guys at least on for a half, let them get the reps in, yeah. and then you can sit them down, rest them, and they can focus on that playoff game if, you know, things happen. A lot of ifs going on, and we'll see mm-hmm. what happens tomorrow night. But let's move on to our next key of the game in what we mentioned before, pressuring, pressuring excuse me, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz broke out at the beginning of the season, you know, lighting it up in the passing game, but he has since come back down to earth. Uh, he has thrown as many interceptions as touchdowns this season with 13, and if anything was evident from last time these two played, uh, these two played, as we mentioned, pressure forces Wentz to make really bad decisions. So, Alex, do you see the same defensive scheme the Giants ran against the Eagles at MetLife in this one as well? I do, and I, and I think Steve Spagnuolo is going to try and put even more pressure on Wentz, uh, especially with the vastly improved defensive line from the first time these teams met on November 6th. I, I think that you know, he'll blitz early and often since the Giants secondary can handle a pretty suspect Eagles receiving core with, you know, man-on-man coverage. And hopefully that'll just allow him to send a few linebackers that really play or so in order to, you know, keep Carson Wentz from getting comfortable in the pocket. And, you know, we've seen uh, in the past Carson Wentz, you know, he has some mobility, but he's not exactly comfortable throwing from outside the pocket, though. Zagnola will just try, you know, blitz blitz the heck out of him and just, you know, keep him keep him guessing, keeping on his toes and really just try and phase him. And he should be able to do so with this, great defense that the Giants have. Absolutely agree with you on that one. I think that, you know, it's something that Steve Spagnuolo is going to do on the first drive. I think he's just going to send the house, see how Carson uh, Wentz reacts this time around. My words are getting tongue-tied today. But um, I I think that I can really see that happening again. What do you have to lose? I mean, let the guy make a play. Like we said, he is a rookie. He's come back down to earth. If he makes that play, then you can start working your zone coverages, going back and cover two, cover three, whatever you have to do. But I think you send the house first, see how he reacts, and hopefully they can do what they did last time and get a big pick instead of some good field position for Eli Manning. And you saw what he did, 30-yard touchdown to Roger Lewis, you know, that that uh, notorious slant play to Odell Beckham Jr. that somehow turns into a touchdown each time. Um, so – I think that's what Steve Spagnuolo and this Giants defense is going to do early is blitz them and might see it all game long. Next key 
play of the game, our key, sorry, keys to the game, <laughs> will be to limit the big play. On the flip side, you know, giving Wentz a pocket can cause some havoc, and we saw that. He did throw for 346 yards, as we said, and his receivers really cashed in. All of his primary receivers had at least one catch for over 20 yards. Zach Ertz led the team that game with eight catches for 97 yards, and if you don't know who Zach Ertz is, he's a tight end. So, Alex, you know, the secondary was used to giving up those big plays uh, last month. Do you see more of the same happening this time around if Carson Wentz does have a pocket, or do you think they've really cleaned up that area? You know, I think they've cleaned it up since then, you know, and their play the last few games I think definitely proves that, you know, this is arguably the hottest and most talented secondary in the league, and they've done a nice job of shutting down star receivers and not really letting them in the end zone. You know, if Jenkins doesn't play, it could cause some problems, but I have a lot of faith in Eli Apple. He's improved tremendously in, um, throughout the entire season, and, you know, I think Leon Hall putting him at safety and starting him there, it's been a great addition, and, you know, as long as the Giants can get pressure on Carson Wentz, the secondary should be fine, and especially since the Eagles, again, aren't too great on the outside, except for Zach Ertz, who's really, you know, the only receiving threat that they have at this point. Absolutely agree with you. I love how you brought up Leon Hall and Eli Apple, and I think that those two especially have done a great job of improving all season long. Eli Apple, obviously a lot of people were speculating as to why Jerry Reese took him as that 10th overall pick in last year's draft, and he's been showing it lately. He didn't in the beginning. He had a little bit of a slow start, a little bit of, you know, your, your rookie time. But since then, he's seemed like a veteran. I mean, that pass play, that was a definite touchdown to Golden Tate. He sprawled out, showed his athleticism, used his length, those big hands he's got too, and knocked that ball right out. I mean, Eli Apple is a great physical specimen. He just needs a little bit more of that mental side of the game. And on Leon Hall's side, I think it was a great addition to have that veteran move back into safety. You know, he's a little bit older. He may not be able to keep up with these young receivers, but you saw his, his mind for finding the ball. We saw it against, you know, the, the Cowboys. He had a pick on Dak Prescott. And, then, you know, he had that big, big fumble that he hit on Zach Zenner to force that touchback and keep the Lions from putting up points on the board. So, like that mixture there, I love how you brought up the, you know, the veteran and the rookie and how they complemented this defense. Key to the game, let Eli Manning throw. He's had a very uh, efficient game against the Giants, um, against the Lions, excuse me, on Sunday. He did for one pick, added two touchdowns onto that stat sheet as well. With Manning's confidence high, I think Ben McAdoo should have this offense as a pass-first offense. Um, he has been forcing to run the past two contests, as we saw, but Manning showed that he can exploit this Eagles defense in their first matchup. He had four touchdowns um, that he had in that game, Odo Beckham hauling in two of them, and Sterling Shepard and Roger Lewis having one. Alex, I know I say they should do this, but do you see it happening tomorrow, considering McAdoo has been forcing that run game? Yeah, yeah, I, I do see them doing this, because, you know, the game against Detroit on Sunday showed how spreading the ball around to multiple guys benefited the whole offense. You know, Eli threw no interceptions, took care of the ball. And the running game, you know, even, you know, improved. We saw some improvements. And, and they were both the result of, you know, defenders not being able to just count on one guy. Like, Pittsburgh had uh, just had to do with Odell a few weeks uh, prior to that game. And, you know, Philadelphia's defense, defensive secondary, as I've been saying, I suspect to say the least. And so I just, I see all the Giants receivers, you know, getting open and involved. And if they're all getting open, Eli's going to find them. Um, and I just think Odell Beckham's going to have a huge game. So I don't think um, anyone in the Philadelphia secondary can match up well with him. But, you know, really, 
who in the National Football League can match up with them. Absolutely. I mean, if we saw what happened on Sunday, I think that it is evident that this is one of the best wide receiver trios or offensive, you know, gifted teams in the, the league. Eli Manning spreading, spreading the wealth, and it, it worked out. And we haven't seen it all season long. And I think if this is really a game to have your receivers break out, I think that this one has to be it. Like you said, the secondary, I don't think anyone can cover Sterling Shepard, let alone Odell Beckham Jr. And I think that they can have great games if Eli Manning is smart like he was on Sunday, efficient with the ball, not trying to force anything, and just finding that open receiver. You know, you want that offense to click, and we haven't really seen much of that, and you'd rather them do it now than later. So before we get to our predictions, as we usually do on our preview shows, we're going to check out our fantasy winners and losers. Alex, start with your winners of this game tomorrow night. For my winners, two of them, Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard, the Eagles have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. So, I, And I, I can't see them stopping either of these guys, especially Odell Beckham. I, I think he's going to have another huge day, definitely a double-digit performance, possibly for both of them. And I think Paul Perkins is due for a breakout game. You know, the Eagles, they've given up a bunch of rushing touchdowns, and they're giving up about 104 rushing yards per game. So I, I feel that Paul Perkins is just is going to have a big game with, with Eli throwing the ball around to Odell, and Sterling Shepard is going to, you know, open up the wrong game for him. So I, I think he's going to have a big night, really a breakout performance. I absolutely agree with you on Paul Perkins. I didn't really think about him for this one. Mine, I have Odell Beckham Jr. as well, like you said, give up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers, and obviously your top wide receiver is going to get the ball in that aspect. But the guy throwing the ball, Eli Manning, he's going to be one of my winners as well. He had two fluke interceptions against the Eagles last time, a tip ball up front, and then I believe in the one to Manning on that slant route, he just had it ripped out of his hands. Um, I don't think that that's going to be an issue. He had four touchdowns, and that was really the Eli Manning we're used to seeing. I think he does it again in Week 16. But also, for me, I'm going to flip over to the Eagles side. I think Zach Ertz is going to have a big game yet again. Giants linebackers have had a little bit of issue with the tight end, and if they are going to send the house, it's going to be man coverage. And Zach Ertz has been as reliable as, as anyone for Carson Wentz this season with that wide receiving core being a little bit rough. Um, but I think Zach Ertz is going to have a good game, maybe a touchdown. I'm going to say around like 70-something yards, not the – almost 100-yard performance he put up last time. But like I said, if they're going to send the house and it's going to be one-on-one coverage, I think if Carson Wentz can get the ball off, he's going to find the tall and the big Zach Ertz. But, Alex, let's go on to your losers. What do you think there? Well, Nelson Aguilar, he's my first loser, and he's really just had a rough season. He's had trouble catching the ball and, you know, really having a big effect. Even though he was coming out of USC, he was supposed to be, you know, an impact player, but he's he's really, you know, you know, flown under his expectations. He was pro football focus's worst player of week 15. They named him. So I just think he's, he's not going to have a great game. And then on the other side, or on the same side, Carson Wentz, I think he's going to struggle, especially against a giant defense that's improved so much. And, you know, he's after starting off three and oh, you know, he started off high, he's cooled down and I wouldn't say he's regressed, but he's, you know, he's, he's shown that, you know, he's a rookie. Um, so I just think that he's in for a tough day with an improved giant secondary, just defense in general. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think Dustin Aguilar, like you said, he was a highly touted prospect coming out of USC, and he just has not shown it yet either. So for my losers, though, I'm going to go with two running backs. First with the Giants, I think Rashad Jennings isn't going to have a good game yet again. 
As we saw, he had 18 carries for 38 yards, I believe, against the Lions. Just couldn't get the job done. And like you said, Paul Perkins has shown that he is elusive. He can get around tackles. He has the vision as well, something that Jennings has not shown off all season long. He did at the end of the season last time. And if you remember, he had a great game against the Eagles in Week 17 last year. Maybe he could prove me wrong. I hope he proves me wrong. But I don't think Rashad Jennings is going to have a good game. And on the other side, Ryan Matthews for the Eagles. He's been there running back all season long with Darren Sproles as well. But Matthews not really catching the ball, so he's going to be handed the ball. And this run defense for the Giants has been absolutely stellar. You saw it um, all season long, and I don't think that Ryan Matthews is going to have a good game. Taking a look at the stats last time, I mean, he had five carries for 15 yards. That's it. Darren Sproles had 13. Maybe he'll get the you know the the big workload, but he only had 57 yards on the ground against the Giants defense. And as we said, they've improved since then. So those are our fantasy winners and losers. Got about four minutes left or so, so we might cut this one a little bit short. But here are our predictions. Alex, I want to start with you. Give us the score and give us why you think it's going to happen. Well, I have the Giants, you know, clinching that playoff spot for real with a 24-14 win over the Eagles. I think it'll be, you know, a 10-point game, which is relatively close because, you know, it's a divisional game. Um, you know, the Eagles will play tough, and, you know, they'll want to, you know, at least delay um, an official playoff berth um, against their rival for as long as possible. But I just think that Eli Manning, Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham, they're all going to have big days this this um, Eagles secondary is very suspect, as I've been saying all afternoon. So I just think that those guys, combined with the stellar defense, who's going to you know put a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz, I think those are the games that are going to put it over the top for the Giants in this one. I'm going to go with the Giants as well. My score is going to be 28-13. to 13. Still not going to break that 30-point barrier, I don't think. But Eli Manning is going to be throwing the ball very well, as I think I said uh, before. Odell Beckham Jr., I think he's going to have a breakout game. He really wants to get into the playoffs. You've heard him say it all season long. We want to go to Houston. We want to go to Houston. But, honestly, I think he just wants some playoff football, some one-and-done elimination football so to where he can really show out. And, and you can see that he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's been looking forward to this for a while now. And I think that he's going to have a breakout game. Giants, to me, win 28-13, to clinch that playoff berth, and have a nice – locker room, one, two, three Giants as loud as they can because they haven't made it in four years, as we said before. That is all the time we have today, folks. Obviously, go to GiantsBeat.com if you want to rewatch this episode and critique Alex and I, or you just want to listen in on some other analysis, as in Alex posts his fantasy winners and losers after the games, other stuff like that. We all write articles, some great stuff there on the Giants Beat on Scout. As always, go Giants. Tune in tomorrow night. I believe it's on CBS or NFL Network, depending on what you have. And let's hope that these Giants can clinch a playoff spot. We'll see you next time for the Giants review.